Hi, John. Hey, Alex. Do you know what I hate? What do you hate? Rogue planets and their flybys, quote unquote. Yeah, they're uh, uh, they're pretty awful. Hey, uh, Zachariah Sitchin called and he wants his Nibiru back, babe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We watched we watched Melancholia. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. Brighter than a lucky penny when you're near the rain goes, disappears, dear, and I feel so fine. Uh, let me do this, which we don't do very often, but I, Alex, host of the show, uh, am someone that suffers horrifically from depression and has ruined most of my life. I'm probably going to talk about that in this episode. This movie is depressing as fuck and has a bunch of triggering shit. I guess yes. content warning and not trigger warning anymore. You know, obviously we don't do this very often on the show, but like I'm someone that uh, when depressed, watching depressing stuff actually helps. And mm-hmm. But I know people that are, oh my God, the opposite. Like they need to watch like Teletubbies and Rainbows and, and yeah, everything yeah. needs to be happy. Uh, so just, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be a little empathetic to my, my depressed brethren out there that... Uh, I don't, I don't have anything planned to talk about in this episode, but given the topic of this movie and the way I've lived my entire adult life, <laughs> and it's probably going to come up. <laughs> so, yeah, Lars von Trier. Uh, what is your Lars von Trier history, John? I would like to know. My Lars von Trier history is watching Dance in the Dark, hating it, and then reading things about him and not liking him. You didn't like Dancer in the Dark? I don't like Wow. Dark. That is uh, yeah. that is surprising I haven't, to me. I haven't seen it in years in probably at this point like probably close to 20 years i don't yeah. know when it came out but it you know um, i feel like it was about like that. Yeah. it it felt very much like the 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 bruce uh bruce burt reynolds thing in uh boogie nights where he's like you know i want to make a movie so good you just have to sit in it you know you're you're done whack it off and you just sit in it and it just that's what it felt it felt like yeah this is depressing now just wallow in this for a while and mm. it didn't really feel like it just, uh, yeah, it didn't do it for me. I didn't like it. Uh, that is one of those movies that I watched once. I'm like, this is brilliant. I absolutely love this movie. I'm never going to watch another fucking second yeah. of it again. Yeah. And then it's to say, like, I I mean, I like sad movies. It just didn't have that kind of like, there was no catharsis about it. It was just everything shitty always. And then uh, got a little bit shittier, I guess. Yeah. And then the end. Uh, I Yeah, I, I really liked um, Dancer in the Dark, but I'm never going to watch it again. What else have I seen of his? Uh, he did Antichrist, right? Or, or uh, he did Antichrist, yeah, Antichrist like, which is I was part of this depression trilogy. Yeah, uh, somewhat. I, I liked Antichrist, but it wasn't like you know, it, it was it was it didn't strike me as the like kind of artistic like this thing is art, like Melancholia to me is like this is kind of amazing, like yes, uh, elevated kind of film. And I watched the first half of Nymphomaniac one. And, mm-hmm. and it, and it's like, this is too bleak even for me. Like it's that, that movie is, that movie yeah. is, that movie's fucking rough, man. And I, I, I assume right. the second one's just as, not in like a, I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but like, uh, in the way that I can luxuriate in watching depressing things, like, you know, watching someone's sex, whatever, fuck their entire life up. That's, that's not, I can't do that. Like, nah, I don't know. That, 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 that fucking gets me. I can't watch that shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it was, I just thought Blair's Dark was bleak. And I also just have had, at the time, I'm a little bit more open to it now, but I, I the whole Dogma 95 thing, I'm, I'm kind of against. And I know, I know it wasn't specifically. I get that, it. You don't like, like Kevin Smith. Yes. But uh, just that, that theory of stuff, I, I don't really enjoy. The other thing I realized about uh, my Lars von Trier background is that Lars von Trier isn't Terrence Malick. 
Because there was a couple of Terrence That's... Malick movies that I thought were large, but like I thought he did Boy, Tree of like, Life. They're yeah, they are diametrically opposed. Tree of um, Life kind of feels like Lars von Trier could have done. But but some and I I think this was on on um someone writing about it on on the Roger Ebert's website was basically describing like Terrence Malick is like creating a universe that he could exist in. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to fuck this up, but hold on a second. Let me just, just look it up because I'm, I'm not going to do it any justice. Uh, this is, this is Jim Emerson uh, on, uh, on Roger Ebert's uh, website. If Terrence Malick's tree of life is, as I described it earlier in the year, a movie about and by a guy who wants to create the universe around his own existence in an attempt to locate and or stake out his place within it. Then melancholia by my reckoning is a movie about and by a person whose depression is so inescapably great and soul destroying that it envelops and annihilates the world. And I think, mm. I think it's, I think Terrence Malick has a lot more sort of like, there's a lot more hope in ter or like, here's the beauty of mankind. And like, even this, this awful stuff and granted, it's not like Lars von Trier is like, there's not beauty in, in his stuff, but I feel like it's a lot more. Um, I think it's, I think it's perhaps uh, uh glib to call it, uh, uh, misanthropic but i think there's a there's an there's an amount of that in there yeah um so that's that's one of the the presiding arguments i have for this movie is whether or not it's misanthropic because in the end justine kirsten dunst kristen dunst kirsten mm -hmm. dunst there i've said them all one of them's got to be right is an asshole. Like there's parts where you're supposed to be very empathetic to like her, her depression, fucking her life. And there's parts that I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, do I get that? Holy shit. Do I get that? But then like yeah. at the end, she's just a spiteful fucking asshole to her sister. And the movie is kind of, I don't know. It, the movie's almost, it, I don't know how to say this. It's the movie's not pro depression. Like it's not, you know, there's like, I think it's no. arguing against the idea that depression can be sexy. Cause no, and I think, and I think this is like, I I think Dance in the Dark is misanthropic. Yes, that or, you know, that like I'm, I said, that felt misanthropic. This is a little bit like in, in, in I, and I don't want to say hopeful, but it is a little bit more artful, perhaps I'll say, in, in that regard. And it is it is difficult. Like the very very few characters are like, are 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 archetypes or things things happen, and uh, particularly in that that the the first half, where like everyone's bad. You know what I mean? Like, like that. Yes, there's this depression, but also like you also have some sort of agency as a person um, that I, I, I don't want to like, like as someone who, who's from depression myself, I, I did feel a little bit like uh, 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 being in an AA meeting and being like, well, I'm not that bad, you know, like, oh, I'm doing I'm doing great. So I actually like felt a little bit uplifted after this movie. Uh, yeah. So I where it's because there because there's just certain shit where I'm like, what? Some of it felt a little bit in that first half, anyway. Um, was a bit like not so much like oh, what a misunderstanding, but like no one made you work for this ad firm. Like, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so the 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 thing that I um, I try not to be like Johnny Downer is one of the notes I made that uh, watching the movie is that being wealthy or at least having money in some way, which obviously they're wealthy uh -huh. adjacent, and she, it seems like she worked. It's pretty high up at an ad firm, so it probably makes some bucks. But and being depressed, or and like when I say depressed, I mean the depression she's talking about, which I I certainly have had, where it's just like you, I refer to it as like writer's block, but for life, 
where you just mm-hmm. I, I can't I just you there's just I just yeah. fucking can't right now I think people call it executive dif- dysfunction or something that she's experiencing but like being rich that's one of the things that has kept me on the road and certainly kept me from like just completely burning my life down is living in a capitalist nightmare that I can't just not go to work. Like, so mm-hmm. you kind of have to like, when you get to that, like, I can't be up at four in the morning. I just can't. I, I'm fine. I'll just lay in bed, that, but I can't do yeah. this. I can't, I can't spiral that bad because I need to show up to work on Monday. And there's like a, a scaffolding to your life because you live in a capitalist nightmare that you need to do it or you lose your house. So you're going to have money enough that like, she could just not. Boy, that's yeah, a tough and thing I, to pull yourself out of. That spiral has got to be really, it's like the gravity of a planet moving past you. It's almost like an obvious metaphor. <laughs> it's my one I, I will admit movie. that the, I, the planet's fucking called melancholia. Come the fuck on. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I did have that kind of like, I don't know, Hank Hill watching it sort of thing where a lot of my current depression is related to very material things of like, that like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're in a castle. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. You know, like I I don't know how I'm gonna make my house payment next month. But yeah, no, this is bad. And I understand like that that depression is not necessarily something you can logic your way out of. But it's just that that and there there are sort of different forms of it. But that took me a second to kind of like yeah. get into the movie for that because there's a little bit of of like I said these the way these characters are presented is not easy. Um, no. Well, some of like, yeah. there's some, high but some of them there. are like, some of them are, are ridiculous. And I think some of this also, this movie fights very heavily against my inner Midwesterner where the, the first like hour of the movie, if not, if I don't know how to break it down, but like the first chapter yeah. is about Justine at her wedding. And there's like, while the wedding's happening, she's having this breakdown and like leaves at one point to take a bath um like also there's never happening and it's like just come on for, do it for other people yeah. just push this down and like just pretend to have a nice time you could lose your mind later just shove it down shove that's it funny down. you know i i thought of you and the midwestern kind of people pleasing thing uh I, I, mm-hmm. I certainly share that with you but just you know you're for the midwest um it is uh what the sister is like you can't make a scene this can't you yeah. can't do it yeah. <laughs> just like this, you just not... just play act but uh, so that's okay so that's the other conversation to have now to, or things to point out because um i have another person in my life that uh um no that's giving too much away let me word this another way <laughs> l simpson <laughs> yeah, yeah, no no that's <laughs> lisa s um uh, <laughs> they got depressed for the first time in their life recently at uh, uh, roughly middle age, you know, uh, let's not dwell on what age we are. I'm 27 and cool, except for in this story where I'm a middle-aged person. Uh, <laughs> and th- they've had the conversation with me that like, I've kind of opened their eyes to the fact of like what depression is, like what the, uh-huh. cause I'm, cause I'm open about mine. And I kind of had to explain it to them of the kind of difference between like clinical and uh, I don't know what you call the other one, bummer depression, where it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, and this movie is a great example of the two. It's like, of course, it's depressing to be worried about making your house payment. That's yeah. yes, that's yeah. depressing. The depression, like the clinical side is like the um, I've never been married, but like my equate, my thing I can equate to is, is writing books. When when Periphery came out, I felt about as accomplished as I don't know, navigating the DMV. It was just kind of like, sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess I did it. You know, it was just there was uh-huh. no, there wasn't that thing. And uh, 
mm-hmm. going to a wedding and like just your wedding didn't do it. Like your wedding didn't make you feel that joy. And then, boy, does that start a spiral? Because then you start questioning, I just don't have the ability to feel it, do I? Like, I just don't. My brain, I am not yeah. a functional. And then you find yourself just lying in bed and like, I don't, I don't want to move. I don't, you know, it's just not. Yep. And this is, by the way, anybody that's listening uh, to this that knows me in real life, that's why I didn't go to your fucking party. I assure you I wanted to, but I got <laughs> stuck. My brain wouldn't let me do it. I tried to yeah. drive to Eric's birthday party. I literally got halfway there and went, nah, I, can't, I just can't. I drove back to my house. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like 12 blocks away. No, not that long. It was like a mile away, but still, it was right. like, it was like halfway there was essentially there. And I turned around, I'm like, nah, right. I, just, I can't. I got. I don't have. I just. Yeah. I can't. Not, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. But um. Yeah. Clinical versus blah blah blah. And uh, this movie, I think, is the best to me representation I've ever seen of like that clinical depression of the, the nameless. There's no reason for it. Like, Kristen Dunst is a gorgeous woman. She's obviously talented. Alexander Skarsgård is a fucking ten, and he seems like a really nice guy in this movie. He bought her a goddamn apple orchard. They're yeah, getting yeah, yeah. married at this palatial golf course, amazing, yuppie bullshit place. And she's still like fucking sad as shit. I'm like, man, I get that. I mean, I don't get your life, but man, I get that. <laughs> right. No, just, yeah. In the face of everything, it's still, you feel like shit. Yeah. And then you feel like shit for feeling like shit. Yeah. That's the spiral. Um, but there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's definitely more, like a lot of stuff at play. And I mean, I thought for, for how, um, I think sort of, like I said, the, these characters are, aren't necessarily, um, easy because like you you feel for alexander uh Skarsgård, uh but like you also understand her point of view of it but like it's not like that he's you know like she's like well i'm having second thoughts about this marriage and he's like yeah i'm actually a complete piece of shit ha ha you know like no he's a nice guy that bought her an orchard but she's it's still just not working yeah. but at the same time i think like the characters of her parents um and to a larger extent uh stellan Skarsgård as her boss we're a little bit more caricature. Stellan Skarsgård, um, I agree wholeheartedly. Is yeah. is ridiculous. Now, granted, some of that works because some of that first first act is very very funny. Um, there was just like one shot because because he's her boss and he gives this speech about because he also is is good friends with with uh, husband his son yeah yeah <laughs> but in the, he's not not a son of the movie but oh shit uh, <laughs> dude I just. I just put that together. I mean, I know they're both scars yeah. guards, but I didn't realize that's like father yeah. son because that there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I didn't, yeah that's literally them, his dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. but he, not only am uh, I depressed, I'm a he, fucking idiot. <laughs> he's, well, maybe it's worth it. You know, maybe you're depressed for a reason, dummy. <laughs> no, that is terrible. Accurate, uh, but terrible. <laughs> but the um, his whole thing is like, oh, I've got you know, I'm giving away this brilliant, um, you know, talented person. I'm I'm going to a promotion, but. Uh, what she's so good at is taglines. And then later he's like, hey, this is my nephew. He's an idiot, but I gave him a job, but he's going to get fired unless he gets a tagline from you about this tonight at your wedding. Yeah, he got he got a tag, which though, is like, right? <laughs> yeah, which is just like remarkably stupid yeah. and like, you know, okay, sure, whatever. I understand it's, you know, making the broader point, but there's like one shot where she's like super depressed and the camera pans out and that dork is sitting right next to her with a pen <laughs> yeah, and paper. Totally. Just wait for it. And it's, it's great. There's a lot of dark humor in there, but... Her parents, I thought was a little frustrating. Like, I love um, John Hurt as, I mean, he's always like, he's a great actor, but I really like him as like a a scallywag. Yeah. As just like a piece of shit. Like, I don't understand the two Bettys thing at all. Oh, I don't either. Like, is he, yeah, but I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah. It's just he's a piece of shit. Um, stealing, stealing spoons the spoon and making a big deal out of it. Yeah. 
like that i kind of got but like her mom making a whole big thing about like how i'm against this and i'm i'm totally so, against charlotte rampling as her mom like was a, as a bit like i think with that paired with the dad was like okay movie i get it i get it so i i disagree a little bit i mean i I don't think you're like in the wrong, but I'm imagining they're. I'm just saying it didn't work for yeah, me. I'm just imagining their dynamic when they met, and obviously, like depression and mental illness is is hereditary. Yes. So yeah. seeing her, Charlotte Rampling's uh, Zardoz's own Charlotte Rampling, uh, <laughs> her mental illness turning outward and being hateful towards everybody and mm-hmm. it's like that makes sense with with justine's character and then the father being this kind of joke that like obviously he's hurt inside and he's trying to make up for it, doing like dumb bits at a wedding or whatever and uh, maybe it's because i mean literally that's what my dad does uh it, no you know, not gonna say that um <laughs> like i kind of i like that that's their parents but yeah it it it, it bordered on caricature and I said that yeah, slowly I think, I think, because it's a hard word to pronounce, and I feel like I nailed it. Yeah, I think it just some of it just felt maybe a little a little broad um, comparatively, but uh, I like I did like at the when when she like is desperate for him to stay at the after the wedding, and he's like desperate for him to stay, and then like she gets a room for him at this at this place, and um, then he leaves a note that's like, yeah, hey, I got an offer to ride home, couldn't tear it down. Kisses from your dumb old dad. Yeah. That sort of like self-effacing to cover up you being a piece of shit. I identified with. See, yeah. I kind of like, I kind of get that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, the person I feel bad uh, the most for in this movie is, is Alexander Skarsgård. Cause like, man, that guy really showed up and like, you can tell he understands that she has like severe mental health problems. And like, yeah, I, you know, and he's trying. I, like I've been in relationships. Like I've, I've been in relationships with people with mental health problems too, but like mostly I'm, I'm the problem. Uh, but like, Man, he's doing a good job. Like, I wish, like, here's here's the yeah. thing I found frustrating. You know, you were saying, like, the, we'll just do it for everybody else. For me, it's just like, yeah. oh, my God, you have more of a support system than I have. Like, like yeah. holy oh, shit, absolutely. does she have yeah. a support system? Yeah. It, it's And it's frustrating, but that's also, like, that's the point, you know, that, like, yes, this person genuinely loves you. And guess what? That's not enough. Yeah. Because it's just not. It's like, this isn't something that you can necessarily reason your way out of. I always, there was, a, there was some... I don't know what the series was, but uh, Stephen Fry was like talking about depression and like he was filming a series and like during the filming of the series, like he didn't show up one day and they like found him in his hotel room, like on the floor and like almost a suicide attempt. I don't think it was a full one, but it was like really, really bad. And he's like, he's like, I'm not a dumb guy, but you can't reason yourself out of this stuff. Like I have, I have everything going for me, but you just can't. And I think, I think this is a very, without being like, cloying or pan or whatever it's a very like realistic portrayal of that um in, in that how how that can affect the people around you even when you have that even when you have all the money and even when you have all the like you have this guy that's genuinely like oh well your family's terrible but this guy's all right doesn't matter yeah that's not gonna fix it like i you know it, it is it is frust- at the same time it is frustrating much like dealing with the impression of like you're watching this person throw that all away you're like what the fuck are you doing and it's, you know, some of it, like I've read some things about it that were like, well, you know, it's cause she's just fed up with the whole, all the institutions and, and the, the fall they're all or whatever. But it's also, it's not just that because if, if, if you, to me, it's like, if you give it that agency of like, well, I'm just, oh, the marriage is bullshit, man. No, no I hate that. Then, then it like, then it's dumb. No, that ta- then that's no. just like sophomore. Yeah. That takes away from you the entire I mean? that's, point that's more of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
where it's like that may add to it that might like be part of it because certainly when i get depressed and i get into these spirals and stuff like that and then you think about and not to give you fodder i don't know if you think about this but the thing of like well even if i feel better about it even if i've like you know i change my medication whatever i get better does that make this any less true does that make the the shit that everything is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. less shit uh i'm just gonna feel better about it yeah you know and is that is that helpful um, and I think, so I think having like that, that could be part of the spiral, but I think like comparing it to just that, I think is, is short selling. it. Yeah. Um, no, that is good fodder. I'm going to kill myself now and blame you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I can stop recording the podcast. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You can probably get out of it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, but this podcast is 60% guilt that John's worried about what's going to happen if he quits. Um, I was just questioning whether I believe that or not. <laughs> kind of do. Um, <laughs> oh, that's dark. All yeah, right. Welcome. <laughs> so here's here's the. Uh, so I've seen this movie a couple times before. This is the first time I really like the first half. Um, I was so kind of enamored with the. Not the first half. Not like where it goes to um, Claire's story. But, like, kind uh-huh. of once the wedding happens. Once she starts to fall apart. Like, you fully get like, oh, you know, they're on, mm-hmm. but like, this is the first time that I kind of, I think I kind of got some of the humor in the front and like, I, it really started to like hit me a little bit better, but this is also the first time that I had the question of that this movie might be one of those, it's all a dream movies. Cause it opens with her, well, it opens with scenes from the end of the movie that you don't know is going to be the end of the movie. These like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple of paintings and stuff. It's her and, um, that Ophelia painting that I don't remember who does it. Right. Uh, Malay. Yeah. Malay. Yeah, sure. I'm like 80% sure it's Malay. I don't remember the first two names. John something Malay. Um, mm-hmm. What manga does he do? Because that's the only other uh, Yoratsuki Doji. Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally the only answer to give right there. That's a joke for John Knight. <laughs> Stay into the show. <laughs> Fuck all y'all at home to understand why that just happened, but I find it amusing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So it occurs to me that the planet being called Melancholia you know, melancholy being one of the theories of the four humors we all know about we, dark we, age, course. dark age medicine. But I mean, we know melancholy mm-hmm. is, is being sad uh, from from the Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> but the the movie opening with that and her being clairvoyant and her kind of blooming as the world starts to fall apart, which I mean, I think can happen. Like I like I'm I'm great in a crisis, like. I think people would be surprised by that, but it's like my, everything's terrible. So when things start getting terrible, like, yeah, I got this. I have so much practice for feeling like everything's falling apart that it's like, Oh, don't come to my place. I got you. Like, don't even, don't even worry about it. Like I've, this is, this is, I've got, I've got literal decades of experience trying to figure this out. Uh, So there's one argument for like her getting kind of coherent towards the end is that, Mm -hmm. but the other is that this is a, this whole thing is a dream sequence. It's it's her inventing the catastrophe of what happens when she gets married. That she's doing catastrophic thinking, which is very much associated with with sure. uh, with you know people with depression. That this all she is is dreaming of what happens after the wedding, and that's why it starts on the way up the drive. Is and then the rest of the movie is just her, you know, profligating mm. that because because yeah, like it's... all sorry uh, the they kept showing like paintings and stuff, and then like. Over the course of the movie, they frame things as a painting, like her like lying no- nude on the side of a beach. Uh, that, yeah. that Ophelia painting is referenced before. Like it's it's obviously like meant to be 
not surreal, but like it's meant to be artificial in a very directed way. Well, I think like I, I definitely got the sense that with the, those first opening images that because they're these sort of like hyper realized versions of, of what happens later. And it was it was annoying a little bit at first. And I but I think it it, it works out because just like the way it's shot, it's very this this very um, like high contrast. Because it looks like a fashion spread, like something you'd see in Vogue yeah. or something like that. We used to where, where I used to work a long time ago, we would get these like photography magazines that was just always full of like not not like magazines but like these sort of compendiums of like oh the best photos of artistic photos around but they were all like advertising shit and it was like all this like david la chapelle just fucking nonsense and it, it all like looked like that it'd be like something like that but it was for traeger grills or something it was it was maddening but there was at the same time i can't deny like the beauty of those images like of of um uh the the mom with the kid like sinking into the golf course and like the lightning shooting out of Kristen, uh, Kristen Dunst's hands and all that stuff. And it felt like that those images are there sort of like to prep you almost for the whole thing. Cause like how they're not meant to be, it, it felt like the, those, these images are sort of like, just, Hey, here's the vibe of this movie. Get ready for it. That it's like, it's something almost like, uh, um, where it's like, it's, it's not really meant to be the way I took it away. Like I, I didn't want to intellectualize it. Uh, I just sort of like, just just vibe with it i guess just yeah. just it just sort of just like hit me on that level no i mean it works that way but um, it does show scenes from the end of the movie like mm -hmm. i mean it does and the fact that like over the course of the film it's revealed that she's clairvoyant or whatever you want to say and her sister being named yeah. claire i don't know if that's <laughs> stupid but that yeah, did sort of like throw me in a this has got to be bullshit no i mean it's not got to be bullshit, I, yeah but I this has got to be a valid reading of the piece i i guess for me like i didn't i didn't like put the name clairvoyant on it it's more just like I don't know because I like my immediate thought is that that scene towards it's the psychic, end where there's because she predicted the beans. Well, there's the beans, John. You she never think the beans, about the beans. But, like, but to me, I'm just thinking about like Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. That like you know, oh, I can tell how much change was just dropped on the floor. She wouldn't, yeah, but she wasn't uh, or, in the you know, room when her husband put more beans in. You're not thinking about the beans sure. properly, John. I yeah, but just like how do you how do you know things? And that's something I think about a lot in in movies. Like that's you know doing watching a lot of horror movies that are you know a lot of times not that great. You get a lot of like, well, that's just taken as read because that character said that. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and it's something that we've talked about on different episodes before, where it's like, how would you know that that's true? This guy just asserted it's true, and we're just deciding that that's correct. That like, but but so like, I don't really know that she indeed knows these things. But then it's also you get the sense of no one knows anything because, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, who I was so excited to see, actually. Like, I haven't seen a movie or anything with him in a while, and I forgot how much I like that guy. But it was nice to see him. Yeah. But, like, he's this very science-minded guy, and everything that he was assured, like, wasn't going to happen, happened. And this movie, of course, got a little bit of a resurgence, uh, critical resurgence during COVID. Uh in the in the lockdowns uh which makes sense because that whole thing of like no trust me you know hey it's gonna be gone by just in a month don't worry about yeah. it yeah uh and then that didn't, you know that's didn't an interesting happen. um thing that happens in the in the film that um claire looks on the internet uh using you know uh doctorsearch.org or the fuck fake google is other yeah. um but they show this this thing saying like the death dance of melancholia and earth. Yeah. And it shows this this orbiting thing that couldn't possibly happen with like no laws of physics would allow for that drawing. And it's just interesting mm -hmm. that that's what they choose to show, chose to show. Um, 
like I just feel like there's like more like are we trying to intimate that Claire actually is just kind of a dummy? Like she's in the wrong for believing the in quote scientists or, and they just, you know, they just happen to, you know, they, they stumbled on shit or whatever, the, you know, some, some phrase that humans mm. would use that I don't know. I'm, I'm not a robot. I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not a lizard person either. It's not, it's not true. No, it's not true. I, I've identified the spotlight, the stoplight successfully. I know exactly. Going. Let me eat this hamster and show you how human I am. But I think some of it is just that, like, the, the the different reactions to basically your worldview potentially falling apart. Um, that, you know, she gets in this panic and is believing all this this crazy stuff, like, wants to dive into that, like, to make herself more afraid, almost. Whereas on the opposite side, you have John, Kiefer Sutherland, who's like, they say it's fine. I'm not going to worry about it. I trust scientists. My own, I have a telescope, so I'm a bit of a scientist myself. Whereas Kirsten Dunst is like, cool, the world's going to end. I'm steely, steely resolve. I can face yeah. this head on. I'm, I'm, I know what to do with this. And like, there's, it's not necessarily that like, yeah, that's the way to do it. It's more just that the, the beauty and depression, I guess that, that the, um, that the face of annihilation that you're, you're prepared to take that head on because you've, you've made your peace with everything being terrible. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, th- I think that's what makes the end of the film really interesting to me because it could be. It's a little cheesy that Kiefer Sutherland kills himself. Like it's a little easy, mm-hmm. like they set up the, the the sleeping pills or whatever, and he's the one that's worried. Well, it's also like, yeah, it's a little easy that like, it's also like, well, fuck my family. I don't care about them all of a sudden. You yeah. Know? That felt that felt a little bit like convenient, but whatever. And. On the science note, I know you went to school for astrophysics, so like you might be able to know this yeah. answer. Uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the movie where the where the worlds are about to collide, if you if you ran, I'm saying like real good run, maybe like a BMX BMX bike mm-hmm. off like a little jump towards Melancholia, could you get into the gravitational well, land over there because it already stole all of an a- all of our atmosphere and just live happily mm-hmm. over there? No, because you would absolutely die. Um like not only just like sort of re-entry, but then like a, a thing that size hitting another planet, like that's that's gonna what be if, a lot. What if there's like a, a, a lot of like what if there's a sweet ramp on the other side too? Oh shit! Yeah, no. Then okay, cool. Fine. Yeah, good. Because uh, I'm trying to plan some things out <laughs> yeah. here, Chad. I'm worried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that movie that velocity. no one watched? That there was like two worlds on top of one another, but then like An- I think it was called like another. Yeah, Earth I think it was something. where it's like it's like a Romeo and Juliet. It's like no, but they they live on the feet go up Earth, but they live on the feet go down Earth <laughs> together. <they're>... Yeah. <laughs> Because I was I was thinking about that I was reminded of that movie during this I'm like wait a minute wasn't there another like dumber thing and yeah like some of that stuff is it, like the, the the second half I was a lot more enamored with because like like I said that that first half with the wedding was was difficult to watch and some of it and it's also interminable it just kind of keeps going and going and going and going but I think I I, I think you almost kind of need that because you got to see that breakdown happen and you need to the, these these difficult things of like how much of this is is her depression and her just like, you know, agency and, and all that makes you question this stuff. Um, and, and it was tough to watch, but I think that sets up the other half well. And again, same thing where I'm like, I I can take a bath. I don't, but I could. So I'm doing great. <laughs> I I agree uh, that there are some interminable spots. I think the main problem is he established the mood of what's going on in the going up the driveway part and then still spent f- five more minutes doing it. 
And there's a couple other yeah. spots that maybe not as as long as that, where it's maybe maybe you could shave, you know, twenty seconds here, twenty seconds there, because it's. I think it's the it's the point of the piece to make that interminable to make you uncomfortable, but there's also a bit of yeah. an editing problem, like on top of that's your choice, but like you still could have trimmed it down just like a little because it doesn't get it. There were spots where it wasn't uncomfortable that it was like borderline just I'm bored right now. Yeah. yeah and that was something I was I was dealing with a little bit in the first half, too, where I'm like, yep, I got I kind of I feel like I'm getting it. Um, uh, what did you think before we completely like get too far away from it? What do you think of the moment where she's in the room? She's in a room by herself and there's all these like art books around and she like takes them yeah. out and puts in like classical but sad paintings. I'm not. Into, so the, I'm not sure. The fact that that Ophelia painting was in that book that we showed at the beginning uh, just kind of leads credence to this is part of her imagination almost. And not that I buy that theory, but I I, I buy that as a valid theory. I guess what I'm saying. Um, you know, that scene I'm not really sure. Um, is it her trying to distract herself and literally trying to come up with a tag for the thing? Like, is this her being, because I feel like that's probably how advertisers would work is that you put up mood boards and that's like her kind of idea of like mood boarding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. That one did kind of throw me a little bit. Um, I, anytime a scene like that, not, there's a lot of scenes like that, but anytime a scene hinges on art, I just kind of like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. like, consciously but i think somewhere in me because i don't know enough about art i've got like a little like kind of dialogue running the back going yeah you pr- if you knew about art you'd probably understand this a little bit better you know it's just kind of like this like yeah, yeah you know it's just like like watching a sports movie dude if you knew about sports you'd fucking yeah you'd be all about this yeah that's like well like the 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 painting that that you see burn up at the beginning and you get a little bit focused on later. Like I forget who makes it, but it's about like the hunters returning is that that like that's featured in Solaris. So that's the only, the Tarkovsky's original Solaris. So that's my only like point to it. So I'm like, yeah. ah, okay. I kind of get that because of this, but yeah, I, I wasn't sure if that was part of her kind of like, what do I want to say? Like rejecting modernity or like, just like, well, this, this, these things that, that we, uh, have concerned for ourselves are bullshit the classics that's the way to go or you know what i mean like the the like this none of this means anything we've lost the ability to mean stuff or if this was like yeah like like you said like a mood board thing of like look i'm sad and yeah. everyone needs to know that i'm <clears throat> sad so i'm putting this up i'm not entirely so sure I, uh, uh no I no i wish i did thoughts about it but it's just because like i think that other way like is a little bit and it's not like this this is a critique of it but that other way is is a little um um not misanthropic, but a little bit like use your words. But I understand yeah. that's not that's not always as, possible. As a writer with depression, with depression, I assure you, sometimes that is fucking impossible. Here's an interesting point. I uh, I don't know where to put it in the conversation. So, Lars von Trier is known as being a piece of shit. Uh, he's terrible to his actresses. Yes. However, in a hundred mm-hmm. and whatever episodes we've done on the show, this is the most Bechtel passing fucking movie we've ever done. Like, th- there's no oh, male yeah. character with yeah. any agency or depth like Kiefer Sutherland a little bit but like I don't even know her husband's name like they are like the men yeah, yeah perfect John. the men in this movie are treated <laughs> I don't like hey. no, no I didn't no offense I just meant like it's like a nothing name that like boring parents <laughs> no, that didn't give a shit about their children yeah. would give them you know like 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 really yeah. horribly yeah. boring uh-huh. terrible yeah. Midwest parents would yeah. would give it to them. or yeah, or name for John the okay, Baptist, but so whatever. Kid like, yeah. fiddler, Christian pieces of shit. Um, 
I forgot to name his job for a second. But uh, no, <laughs> I I think it's an interesting study of that you can get interesting art from someone like you can get the kind of opposite result of what you'd think from from a director like so um i was reading an interview with kirsten dunce and she's like i was really concerned coming on to this movie because they cast somebody else first i forget who it was it was somebody good too mm -hmm. and uh she's like i was worried because you know large venture has this does this reputation of being horrible to women and she basically said you don't get movies of this quality with somebody with a pc attitude which are like Keep on PC. This is back when this movie was made. That that was still a valid term. Um, yeah. But she's like, in the end, I realized like he's actually like a really kind man and like super nice to women. It's just he's he's a crass presentation of it. And it's interesting that like mm -hmm. you know we've done pretty we've done pr we've done movies on the show that people on the right would beat us up for watching. And this is the most Bechdel passing movie. Like mm -hmm. it's just, it's all women talking to each other or enacting near each other. Like it's, it's kind of, um, I don't know. It's, I th it's worth mentioning. So I did on my podcast. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's fine. And I think it's, it's, it's also funny. Cause I, I just saw a clip with her in an interview where she's like, I'm a very, uh, director, focused actor um like a name comes up like if i got a call from lars von Trier, i'm gonna answer well wait maybe not that name oh really uh it's funny yeah. like she caught herself because well because some of this is is the you know the aftermath is that when it was it 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 uh the con cans whatever oh Go i festival. forgot about this yeah yeah this was the infamous thing yeah where he's where he's like oh i'm a nazi i agree with hitler and she's like there are people that kind of like that washed on me for some reason um and she felt like something because she's really good in this and she feels like she maybe she got denied some some accolades for whatever but i think well, she I won think back she's great. Best she's sort of like, yeah. i kind of get it but whatever yeah but then she was like uh um i think he he offered her a role in the um uh the house that jack built uh and she was like it was a little too because uh, that one is is really like is very sort of misogynist, but like, I think with a reason I have not watched it yet. I've, like I said, I've, I've never been that interested or I haven't been interested in Lars von Trier. Um, but so there's, there's like, they still like, she's like, I text him on his birthday because it's the same day as my birthday, but uh, that we don't. Much, here's but. the question for you. And I, I already know the answer. Uh, but mm -hmm. the original actress was Penelope Cruz who didn't do it. But Oh God. Oh no. no she be bad. I guess. No. I, here, yeah, no, thanks. I'm trying to vacillate because I really like this movie. And I think Kirsten Dunst did a very good job. But I feel like mm -hmm. it could have been done better. Like, I just I don't think there was the depth of heartache. There was a little too much. Blank slate acting and I, I think on purpose, I'm not saying like she's an incredible actress. I just think some of her choices were a little. Mm -hmm muted at times that it got me a little bored mm. like i think there could have been i'm not saying like she freaks out or whatever i just think there could be a little more like so what made me think of it was um and this is going to really annoy you because i forgot her name has the middle of the sentence eternal sunshine lady what's her name i think a kate winslet kate winslet she's got a little bit more like oomph behind her kind of similar range mm. but like there's a little bit more I don't know, like liveliness. I don't know. See, I think Christian Dunst I think she was great. I, I just I think it could have been I, I slightly better. I don't necessarily agree that it was it was missing. Okay. I just didn't think it was, I mean, 
I, I don't know how to counter that just because it just didn't. It that's works a good for counter. me. I mean, that's that's a um, that's a valid. Uh, that's and valid I don't response. I don't I don't have a strong I don't have a strong and opinion. Game about Kane probably not the best. Just that's I the actually, one that popped my head of just like I don't know, just a little bit hmm. more energy is not even the right term. It's just uh, Kirsten Dunst is just a little internal, and this movie's so broad that like I think maybe bringing like hmm. I'm not saying fucking female Jim Carrey, but like just a little bit something more to the yeah. yeah. You what? Well, oh, okay. So the problem was that she she wasn't like, you know, waving her fist in front of her eyes. Yeah, exactly. and being like, so like you know, when women get tied to railroad tracks yeah. in 1920s uh, cartoons, I want her doing those <laughs> yeah. arms. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing you want to come back. <laughs> no, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. There's just there was a couple spots where she no sells fucking the nephew of her boss, and I get that from an acting perspective, mm-hmm. and I think it's fine. I just think it would have been slightly more interesting to have that show up on her face a little bit more because they're sitting next to each other a couple of times afterwards. Like, I just want a little yeah. bit more. It's almost like that; those scenes were before they fucked, you know, like there's nothing showing on her. And, as you know, maybe yeah. it's just me bringing too much Alex depression. Yeah, to I, it's like, I think I'm pretty obvious when I do shit like that. When I fuck my boss's nephew, <laughs> you know, on, on, on 11th and Grand, uh, behind the dumpster, by the Aikido studio, hypothetically, I feel <laughs> I show that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't I didn't have the same the same reaction to it. I thought like, I don't know. That bit just kind of uh, it felt obvious to me but i i don't think that's a criticism of it being of it her fucking the nephew but where it's just like yeah, yeah. of course this is yeah. yeah like fine this is happening it's just that the acting out it's just kind of like i think i was i was just like so ready to be done with the wedding mm, part yeah. of it at that point that i was like yeah why not do this too fine but it wasn't until like when it switches over to to the other story and it's more about the the melancholy or whatever but i think that'll helps support well this is a movie, I mean like like honestly like I didn't I, I think this is a, this is an amazing movie that I didn't enjoy watching very much. Yeah. For that first half. Uh it wasn't until like a little bit later it's My I but, this was like yeah. uh, a a favorite movie of mine and on a really weird scale of I only like the last 60%. And now I'm actually like the entire thing mm-hmm. though a little bit diminished. Cuz uh one of the things I realized this watching too that um not Alexander Skarsgård's fault. And I get why Lars Venture did it this way. But I think maybe a little bit more from that character would have helped me a little bit. Because he's so, like, he's too mm. perfect. Like, even when he leaves, there's no anger. There's no, like, he's like, yeah, I guess I should be going. And, like, I, yeah. I get it. Like, there's no one to blame here. Except, I just, I just want, yeah. like, a little bit more. Uh, but his dad, I think, did a little too much. So maybe between the two of them. Like, that brother, go, let's eat some potato right, soup. Well, he's just got this weird, like, what? Onion soup or whatever. So right. Like, Calm the fuck down, dude. Right. Well, the, the, um, it's like with the, like the, that a lot of that anger, like when she, when she goes to the, to the bedroom, like she, she's hiding out in the bedroom, I think like after, after it's all over or whatever. And, and Kiefer Sutherland's in there and he gives his whole thing. He's like, you know how much I fucking spent on this or whatever? Like, just tell me that you're happy. You know, it was still like this yelling at her, but it was also like this, like, but it was for you. So, Hey, and I could see how that, when you're depressed, that feels even worse. Because yes. you're like, no, I'm happy. This, you know, this is all I can terrible. attest to that. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's like that was in at least a reaction to it. But yeah, him just having no reaction to any of it was frustrating. But that's also, you know, maybe that's oh, that tells yeah. a bit about his character. It's, and that's maybe why, you know. 
but it's still like yeah it's uh, like, i mean watch. it's not you know i'm not trying to like go back and like relitigate the past but it just because that makes sense in a, in a depressed relationship that you would attract someone that would be kind of you know uh non-confrontational that would just kind of like sit there and take it um mm-hmm. we get into claire's point of view and um this is the point where I love her support system is Justine can't figure out how to get into a cab. And I have a hundred percent been there mm-hmm. where I just, I just need you to do the, like, I just do the thing. I get it. I, when my brain works, mm-hmm. I probably know how to get into a cab. I, I, that's not here right now. Her spiraling, and we get to see from Claire's perspective, the thing that really uh, won me over, or at least made me think like, oh, Lars Venture actually has experience with this, or, you know, he just knows enough, like, uh, turns of phrase to get it. So last year, uh, when I had my, like, really bad anxiety, depression thing, uh, which I've referenced on the show before, mm-hmm. uh, I had a weird month or so where literally things tasted bad, like, I had bitter on my tongue constantly. Like my mm-hmm. my sense of flavor broke because I was so anxious and depressed. And when she goes to the 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 her sister makes her meatloaf and you see her get this tiny little bit excited and she eats it and she's like, it just tastes yeah. like ashes. I'm just like, oh my God, do I and this is the first time I've seen this movie since I've had that experience of like, oh my God, do I get that? Like, yes, that's yeah, that could actually happen. Yeah. And I uh I'm just, yeah. It's beautiful. Shut up, Alex. No, I, it's, it's a perfectly cromulent point um, that that. Yeah. And then later when when she finds out that that like that there's this planet that's probably going to destroy Earth, she's just oh, going yeah, yeah. to town on that jam. <laughs> Which, again, like it was support system. No one's like, you want to use a spoon at least? Nope. She's just with her. With her I get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that. That whole bit was was rough. Like when she's. Yeah. She can't figure out how to get in a cab and her sister is just. For as their like fights during the wedding, her sister was very supportive, and it's like, well, I, I can see how bad things are, and like, yeah, I will help you get this cab to my house, uh, to my palatial estate, and then, um, you know, like I will very, very nicely try to try to bathe you, not like, what do you mean you can't fucking lift yeah. up your leg and put it in the tub? It's very much like you're you're helping someone that's that's infirmed, and you know, because she is, and uh. Uh, no, it was very, it was very nice. And their relationship is, is a little bit complicated. Cause as you said, there's, there's particularly towards the end where she's just like a jerk and like, I, I don't get like towards the end when they know everything's over and whatever. And Charlotte and, and, um, Justine, oh, 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 who's the actress that plays yeah. Justine, I whatever. That, I was yeah. trying to think of the actress, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, that, that she's like, you know what I want to do is I want to get my, uh, my son and you as, uh, Charlie Gainsborough, but, uh, she's like, I want to get my son and you let's sit on the, on the, on the veranda, whatever, and have a glass of wine and just watch it. And like Christian Dunn's like, fuck you. That's dumb. Why should we listen to Beethoven's ninth? Sort of the rejecting of this sort of like aesthetic viewing of the end of the world. But then they basically do that. I mean, they go, they, they go to her, 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 nephew uh claire's kid who constantly calls her uh, aunt steelbreaker uh yeah. you know clearly some childhood game or something they were they were playing wants to build this magic cave and and she's like you know what he's afraid of the end of the world as much as they've let him know about it and he's like well you know your dad said that you know we're all doomed if that happens but he didn't count on magic caves and so they build this 
tea, this basically the stick teepee at the end and sit in the middle of it and then just face it off. And it's this sort of, um, it, it's, it's not the same thing, but it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it's this, like it's all, all Charlotte Gaines or old Claire wanted was like, let's just be yeah. together at the end of the world. And then Chris Dunn's like, nah, fuck. Well, you. there's, but there's another thing context, with depression that, um, I'm not trying to depress spleen to you, but there's a thing. No, 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 oh, no. I, I just, I, know, I just feel like I'm doing uh, the, just, well, I know about depression. So I'm going to like, I just mean, uh, one of the, one of the things that isn't talked no. about a lot with depression and it goes to like the anger at the end where, you're so tired of feeling like shit or not feeling anything that your kind of empathy circuit kind mm -hmm. of somewhere between shuts down and just turns to anger where you're just like, fuck this, just, just fuck it. I'm mm -hmm. fucking done. And you take yeah. it out on the people around you. Yep. It, it's, it's also a little strange, like, and, and again, like this isn't a critique, just something I thought about that, that this rejection of this bourgeois, ugh, I hate that word. But that 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 sort of like aesthetic approach to it. Well, let's let's listen to some music and have a glass of wine and watch it. But she's at the same time she's willing to um, play with like uh, do the the fun make believe thing yeah. with the kid. You know what I mean? Like that. It's just like it's it's rejection of one kind of um, aestheticism for for a different kind of frankly. Like that. It's all made up. But she's just choosing that one. And ultimately, it doesn't matter. It's how you Well, that's a nice thing about the end is, and I'm going to use a fancy word here, uh, when uh, Justine takes the place of a psychopomp. John, do you know what a psychopomp is? Uh, yeah, it's the sparrows in the dark hat. Actually, the dark yeah, it half. is, isn't it? Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's basically like a Grim Reaper, Charon, like the people that shepherd you to the other side. Uh, as, you, as you see Justine get calmer, and like basically she's just going, welcome, sit in my teepee, sit in my magical way to transfer ourselves to the yeah. other side and her being calm and holding hands and very like kind of i don't want to say culty but the, that's also a reference that's happening here you know let's let's put up a magical teepee and hold hands you know i shouldn't say teepee i apologize yeah for that. i mean i there's a uh, no uh, but i mean i just realized like i'm whatever. i but just there's a, uh, i feel like what i just said equated uh uh uh, native beliefs to a cult, which is not what I meant to do. But like the the like the the dumb oh, waveform. Yeah, no, no, you were fine. It's just the waveform I took. Um, hey, audience okay. at home, I don't know if I mentioned this. I got mental health issues, and I'm really worried about how I'm perceived sometimes. So please don't hate me, uh, Indigenous Americans. <laughs> it's, it's it's our huge listenership. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a tough watch, and um, but it is it is beautiful. Like it's something that like I I undeniably like it's it's a piece of art absolutely um whether or not i enjoy it or want to see it again i'm still on the fence about but it gave me a lot to think about yeah and i think that's that's a huge that's a huge aspect of it and um it is beautiful it's on white like there's there's a part there's probably like like that depression again like i understand this but like you know there's all these people you know it's the the meme of like oh giant meteor 2020 just end this all or whatever but there's a certain amount of, I know that a person can do this where it's like my life and it's the, the Futurama quote where it's like my life and yeah. by extension, everyone else's is meaningless. Um, and that like, I think that's something that troubled me a bit too, is that like, I don't her things like, well, earth is evil and like, no one's going to miss us when we're gone. And it's like, well, yeah, obviously because we're dead. Like no one, the world. Well, is I mean, I think it's, she said that in no the way that she said, there's us. no other intelligent life in the universe. Yeah. 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 
that we're that we're just, just an yeah, extra no, layer of it's just us, but it's it's also this but like i i i fundamentally i mean i think i i take more of the mindset of of detective somerset at the end of seven is like the world is a decent place and worth fighting for uh well you know i believe in the second part or whatever but like it's a thing that i think particularly with my with the the the, the current trend of my depression the sort of more materialist version of it is it's like that you can you can extrapolate outwards like there's so much shit is terrible because like all these systems and the way we've chosen to live and stuff like that that i'm hard pressed to be like no mankind inherently is is evil i think we're we're and it's not even mankind it's the world you know i think a lot about like well, what if we just weren't here and then stuff just had you know birds are flying off that's fine they don't need us um the, the world is beautiful without me to, there to perceive it but i think that extension and i totally understand it but that extension of of like it's good that everything is going to yeah. be gone because I'm Well, sad. I mean, sorry, not um, to do the uh, tree falls in the woods thing, but I would argue the world isn't beautiful unless we're here to see it. We're the only creature capable of understanding beauty. Well, I mean, maybe like dolphins and whales, but I'm sure right. those motherfuckers will invent iPads at some yeah. point. I just mean, <laughs> we're, it's a... But who gives a shit what we think? I'm just saying, my point is, is that like, is that, is that the, the stuff that we perceive as beautiful is happening anyway. Well, whether or not we're well, there because to it, we, it. So who gives a shit? Uh, the idea that beauty matters, that, but beauty doesn't exist without. Yeah. Look at me. No, I don't think me, that's John. true. No, I mean, John, look at me. You know, that's true. John, John, look at me. <laughs> no, you know no, that's true. I can't look at you. No. You're supposed <laughs> yeah, to wear the veil. When I, by the way, I kind of do talk. a hole in a new sheet. The, uh, one more thing at the end of the film, the wrap up, and I, you're not going to have an answer to it. I just kind of throwing the evidence out there. Um, there is a horse riding runner that this horse that uh, that Justine rides, Abraham, Oof. won't cross Abraham. this bridge that seems to be like almost a demarcation on the property. And one point she starts freaking out and beating the shit out of the horse with a with a crop, which was tough. Uh, which I'm gonna that I'm gonna skip rough. by that because like I don't yeah. I don't know anything about that. I'm just gonna but. Yeah. When uh, Claire is trying to escape the property, uh, the go-kart peters out across the same bridge, which to me is intimation Mm. that this is dream. So Justine is dreaming the entire end of the world from only the perspective of this golf course estate. So the second the butler leaves, he's gone and he doesn't exist. He's in the village, you know, whatever that is. You know, uh, all the plates Mm -hmm. are in Pennsylvania and yet you see... You know the you know an ocean with with islands, um, which I stole that from IMDb. I'm not taking credit for that. But uh, yes, I'm talking, Are you talking about, the about the movie. No, the I'm not village? talking about the movie The Village. Okay, I've never, I've never, I've never seen. No, but with but like with the plates being in Pennsylvania. Oh, I meant Pennsylvania's not near an ocean where there's a palatial estate. Well, all the all right. the license plates were Pennsylvania. So I'm assuming. I mean, they could be in like some. Oh, state I never, next I didn't pay attention to that. Fucking weird. Um, Sure. But yeah, no, I just found it weird that the, 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 they, they chose to have the golf cart go off on that same bridge. Like, I just, I think that goes back to the, this is the imagination of one person imagining this property is the, this is, this is Justine on her way to her wedding, mm. uh, imagining what happens on the way home, you know? I, I just took it, I just took it more as the inescapability yeah, of it. The, the, um, and you're probably you know. right. Mm. But like, yep. I mean, that's, that's valid. Well, I don't know. Yeah. But I also like, um, that. The, that all the majesty of of the end of the world again like going back to those first images are like you, i honestly expect to see more of that kind of grandiose stuff at the end and and there's not yeah and i think that's kind of great 
that like because so much of that i mean that's that's we, we've talked before on the show um about that like oh we've just destroyed the city spectacle don't worry about it like it's just it's meaningless how many people died it doesn't look cool though whereas this is a lot more because that stuff at the beginning just felt more like yeah things are going haywire it's snowing lightning shoot right out of our hands birds are falling from the sky but it was still like done very artfully and amazing and then at the end when it's none of that I thought was great. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not about that. It's not about the spectacle of it ending. It's, it's you don't really it's see anything. You see in, wind. You know, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. I thought that was that yeah. was. Uh, so uh, I mean, in the end, I would say, uh, if you're in the mood for the kind of film we're talking about, you should uh, watch the shit out of this movie. Uh, I love it. I'll probably see it again. Big fan. It it made me not hate Lars. It's a powerful statement, <laughs> actually. Like my 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 yeah. My my knee jerk reaction of like oh fuck, and there's stuff I've been meaning to watch. I've heard like uh, Kingdom is supposed to be good, and there's there's other stuff I've been kind of curious about Antichrist, but not really. But um, yeah, there's definitely like it's not 100 percent for me. Um, it like his style, like a lot of that handheld stuff, I just don't like aesthetically. But um, yeah, it's not like I said, it's it's an amazing piece of art. Whether yeah. or not it's for me, I haven't determined yet. But I'm still I'm still kind of chewing over it. But uh, um, it's it's a rough watch. But I, th- I think it's it's worth checking out. John, do you have anything you would like to recommend to the audience? Uh, let's see. I have. Well, I have an answer. You, you look at that. This. I'm going to tell the audience. Uh, what I'm going to okay, recommend yeah. is patreon.com slash Alex Bolin, A-L-E-X-X-B-O-L-L-E-N. Here's the deal. Uh, I've made some stuff free on there because you're allowed to do that now. So you can actually listen to John and I talk about stuff. I don't remember what episodes I made free, but it's you can show up there. So sign up, you listen for free or give us some money and you can listen to a bunch more episodes. Uh, the reason I bring that up is John and I did a little chat episode, which uh, featured heavily me recommending Scavenger's Reign, a kind of throwback 70s anime type thing. Mm. Uh, it is on HBO Max, Max, Max Headroom, whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh, totally worth watching. Super mm-hmm. great stuff. Really genius. Um, if you're a person that likes to get high, recommend being high while watching it because there's some fucking cool shit in there. And uh, I'm not going to give anything away other than that. So watch Scavengers Rain. Uh, for me, uh, I have a couple things to recommend. One I think I've recommended before, Brawl in Cell Block 99. I just watched that again. I, I'm enjoying that a lot. Uh, I found online, uh, it's not, I found on archive.org. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere, but uh Alan Partridge, Mid Morning Matters. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with any of the Alan I, Partridge. Yeah, I'm not like Steve super. I, I've seen him show up on things on BBC. But it's a it's a very funny show. It's some of it's you know very awkward stuff. But uh, um, fi- finding that is great if you can if you can get a hold of that. Highly Excellent. recommended. Uh, and very then uh, besides that, I got nothing to say. So what are we doing next time, John? Well, you know these last couple episodes have been kind of kind of heavy, talking about some some headier movies and some deeper themes, and we're going to keep that going with next week. By talking about Step Up 3D. Here's an alt pitch. Hey, what are we watching next time? Uh, I don't know, something to make you kill yourself. That's right, we're watching Step Up 3D. That was my John impression. It's pretty good, right? Not then you. This is that's clear that you have not watched. Here's what I know about Step Up 3D. There's someone Uh, called Celebration about life, and it might be in 3D. Mm, It is very much in 3D. Well, I mean, with the version that you watch, probably will not be in 3D. No, I got a 3D okay. TV here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then. I mean, in that it's it in three dimensional, like that. That the, the it's not. TV. It's not. You didn't. It's no longer a drawing on a piece of paper. No, I, I upgraded. <laughs> oh, nice. uh, yeah. Uh, we're gonna do that, and uh, very likely we're gonna have a special guest. Do we want to announce it? I mean, this is just gonna be Rob Campbell again. <laughs> if that's exciting to anybody, uh, but uh, uh, the person who introduced me to Step Up 3D, 
uh, from from Green Shirt. Um, no, no, it's uh, no, no, it's the one with uh, Captain Picard in it. Uh, right, that's uh, Green Shirt. No, no, Green Room. Oh, <laughs> yeah, different <laughs> neo-Nazi Ron Gable's going to come to join us. I thought about that the other day. I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot that. I had a really dumb intro for Rob, like famous famous from Green Room with Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, tune in next time for that. Uh, By popular welcome, request. Yeah, you're welcome audience that requested that, all one of you. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>